Thank you, Brother Bickley. Praise the Lord, everybody. I feel Jesus in this place today. Whether I feel him or not, I know he's here. I like to feel him, but even if I don't feel him, I still know he's here. And the good thing is, wherever Jesus is, anything can happen. Wherever Jesus is, nothing is impossible. Wherever Jesus is, sickness can be healed. Those that are bound can be delivered. Those that are lost can be found. Anything is possible where Jesus is. There's a lot of places you go and there's only a few things that can happen. But I'm glad to know when I come to church, there is anything that can happen because we know a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's in us. And the scripture says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You shouldn't have given me the mic. I haven't preached in a couple of weeks kind of agitated. Pray for my wife. Praise God. It's good to be here this morning. It's our privilege to be able to worship with you on a Sunday morning, be a part of what's going on in the Arnold congregation. Praise God. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, when, when, you, when you have offenses, you take stuff personal. I don't, have, I don't think I have an offense, but I didn't know in that Arnold email, you know, that question about who was praying for snow to stop praying. I kind of felt a little bit, you know, that maybe I will tell you, I haven't, I, I've about decided I'm not praying for snow and I'm not praying against snow. Neither one works for me, so praise God. I, I, am, I am hopeful that as much as I love snow that it's done messing up church. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand? We are thankful this weekend, and I want to echo what Brother Bickley said. If you were not in service last night, you need to uh, watch or listen to the message. It's available online for, for you, audio or video, whichever you prefer. And we are very excited this weekend to have Brother Ryan Near from Iowa with us, and uh, we've he and I crossed paths a couple of years ago in a couple of different situations. He's been here to call the war as well, and so this week is, weekend is his first time, and I don't think it'll be his last time to minister at Antioch. I, I, let's do this, and, and I'll, as you do this, I'm going to have him come. But I, I want you, those of you that are comfortable with it, if you're not, that's fine. But I, those of you that are comfortable, would you lift your hands to the Lord right now and open up your heart and your spirit to God and Ask the Lord to speak to you today. Ask the Lord to minister to you today. God knows exactly what you have need of. And Brother Near's not coming to just preach a sermon this morning and take time in this service, but I believe he's coming to minister in the Holy Ghost. And God's got some stuff that he wants to do for some lives today. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands and let your voice out right now. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we exalt you. We need to hear from heaven today. So if you would, would you open the gates of heaven and pour out your spirit. Let your voice thunder, echo throughout this house. Lord God, let them not hear me, but let them hear you. Let them not see me, but let them see you, God. We pray it right now, the favor of your hand to rest upon this congregation in the house of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, if you would, would you just clap your hands for Jesus, everybody? 
because he's the reason why we're here. If it had not been for the blood, if it had not been for his grace and his mercy, come on unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, unto the only wise God, be all glory and power and honor forever and ever in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One thing that I know, God is almighty. Everybody say almighty. God is all powerful. But as almighty as he is, whatever that means, I've never seen all might. He's almighty, but as powerful as God is, as almighty as God is, he never made anything with his mouth shut. And if that same power is in you through the Holy Ghost, that same power that spoke the mountains into existence, the stars into the heavens, if that same power's in you, I wish you'd just open your mouth and say, God, let it be so. Let my body be healed. Let my family be saved. Let this word come from heaven today. Amen, amen, amen. It is, like I said, it is good to be in the house of God. It's a privilege to be here with you, the people of God. I, lo- I love God, but I love the church as well. Because the church, the church is where he found me. I didn't find him. He wasn't lost. I was the one lost. And he found me in the church. So I'm thankful to be in the house of God today. But I'm thankful you're here just because... It's kind of like the rug got pulled out from under us. Somebody took an hour away from us. But you're still here. I don't want to give the devil credit for stealing that hour. But I'll tell you, I may have lost an hour. We may have lost an hour. But a cup of coffee helped me get it back. Amen. We were were in Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul. We were preaching revival, and in two days we had eight services. I mean, just back to back. They let me preach for three hours in one place. I was like, goodness. But after all that, we uh, we were wore out, wiped out, and I made a pot of coffee and uh, started drinking all that mess and started, I drank a whole pot and didn't do nothing for me. Then I realized on the cup of, on the bag of Joe, it said decaf. I said, devil is a lie. But then a scripture came to my mind. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Such, turn away. Amen. So thank the Lord that he gave us a cup of joe to help get going in the morning so we can get to church. Amen. Whether we lost an hour, gain an hour, we're still in the house of God. And I'm thankful that you're here. Even if you're a guest, we are thankful that you're here. Saints, we're thankful and glad to be here at the Antioch Church, a church that I believe is an eastern gate to the entire North American continent, an eastern gate for the glory of God to kind of filter in and flow through to this whole continent. I'm thankful and even the world. This is truly, I'm thankful to be a part now, just a little part of a church that has a global impact. Amen. So... Thank you for having me, pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. Isn't she good stuff? She's fun. Amen. Amen. She's good stuff. And your pastor, one of the best looking pastors on the planet. Amen. He just. 
Amen. He's turning red. Amen. Throwing off the color combo, but it's all good. Amen. I believe I've found a good friend. I'm just a young man. I'm only 28 years old. I'm I'm 12 years old in the Lord. Amen. But uh, I believe I found a good friend uh, in your pastor. Amen. And uh, amen. That's yeah, all right. Amen. It gets lonely sometimes, so it's good to have somebody maybe just making connections. And uh, it's good stuff. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord, but I do believe that God has a word for us today. Amen. I don't, I just don't tend to just try to preach sermons that make me sound good and look good. Amen. But uh, I do believe that God has a word for us today. And if you have your Bibles, would you, would you turn those on? Amen. To, uh, <laughs> to Daniel chapter six and Revelation 17. Daniel chapter 6, and then just kind of hold your finger in there and get Revelation 17 as well. Two portions of Scripture today. I'll try not to preach too long, just because I've just, for breakfast, I had a couple mints and a couple coffee, so so here we go. Daniel chapter 6, and we'll start reading at verse 11. When you've got it, say, I've got it. Amen. That's a little bit of bad English. I take it everywhere with me. Daniel chapter 6 verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then, everybody say then. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall speak against or shall Ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall he or shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, with which altereth not. Skipping over to verse 16, the Bible says, Then, everybody say then. I like that word. It means there's something beyond what's happening now. I'll just let that sink. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Everybody say the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Verse 19, skipping down a little bit further. Then the king arose very early in the morning. And went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then Daniel said, or then said Daniel. That was a... That was a Ryanair translation. Then said Daniel, and we don't have to read any further. Because it don't really matter what Daniel said. Just the fact that he could open his mouth after what he'd went through. After he'd made it through what should have killed him. The fact that he still had breath in his lungs and could say anything at all. That was more of a testimony. 
I'll keep going. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. Everybody say innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. In verse 24, And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Say the same den. The same lions. Them, their children, their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them. And break all their bones in pieces or ever. That means before. And break all their bones in pieces before they came at the bottom of the den. They didn't even get to hit bottom. Think about that. If you skip over to Revelation chapter 17, reading verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they, here's where it is. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. We know that he's Lord of Lords. We know that he's king of kings, but I want to zoom in a little bit. We know about him, but I want to know about those that are with him in victory. They are the called, they are the chosen, and they are the faithful. And I feel like it's my obligation by God today to preach to you about the place beyond chosen. We are no doubt called. We are no doubt chosen. But I want to preach about the place beyond chosen. Because the devil, he was called. He was chosen. But he didn't know about the place beyond chosen. Beyond just anointed. Beyond elected and appointed by God. But there is a place beyond chosen. A place called bottom. A place called faithful. A place, if I could say it like this, if I was just a simple preacher... And I, but I, you know, I'm not just a simple preacher because I give you a bucket full of thought for a, a bucket full of words for a spoonful of thought. But I'd preach to you about the blessing of bottom. I'm gonna preach today about that place beyond chosen. That place called bottom, that place where the blessings of God are sometimes hidden. We don't understand. I want, I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to look him right in the eye. I want you to slap high five with them. I want you to ask them a question. I want you to say, can you handle to be blessed? Are you ready to go to that higher place? 
Are you ready to go to that deeper level? Are you ready for what God has for this church? If that's right, would you just lift your hands and pray right now that God would speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the authority of the word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, I bind every hindering spirit, whether human or demonic. I pray, allow me to be but a oracle of the Lord. I pray, let the spirit of revelation and understanding come into this house. I pray, let there be an anointing that would articulate the understandings uh, that you have for this church uh, so they could step into a prophetic potential that is waiting for them for that appointed time. Speak to every heart. Speak to every issue. I pray, Lord, in this house, and we pray it all right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated if you so desire. You can stand if you want, do what you do. I'm not going to mess up your groove. you got a good thing going. Amen. But in Revelation chapter 17, like I've said already, it focuses on that Lamb that we know is Jesus Christ, that Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But while Christ was the, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, of the world. He was already there in eternity. God Almighty, willing and ready to come, robe himself in flesh and die on a cross for us. But while he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, we did not see him until we beheld him in a Bethlehem major when there was a Mary, mother of Jesus, a womb to agree with his word, to bring eternity into time. That is what I believe that this church truly is it is a womb that is agreeing with his word to bring eternity now into time that's what's already been established that's what's already been set in eternity God is looking for a willing and ready vessel to say let it be done unto me according to thy word it was that Mary that mother of Jesus that brought eternity into time with her agreement it is that Mary the mother of Jesus that brought the lamb slain from the foundation of the world into a place where we could behold him and see his face but this lamb they wanted to make war with this lamb but this lamb overcame them and we know that he's Lord of Lords and he's King of Kings but we know who he is we know that Shammai Israel Adonai Elohenu Adonai Achad we know hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord we know who he is I don't think that's the issue but more than just who he is it's they that are with him that I want to look at today you that sit here, those that will be seen with him that you've overcome, you've been brought through, you've come out on the other side. Those that are with him are the call, the chosen. First Peter 2.9, we know that, but ye are a chosen generation. You're made a chosen generation by the blood of the Lamb. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should, that you should show forth the praises of him that had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God. You're chosen. You're anointed. 
If you're hearing the sound of my voice, God has called you to Calvary's Hill. He's called you to be saved. He's called you to be loved. He's called you to be healed from Calvary's Hill. He called you to be healed. But God now says, I want you to go beyond being called, chosen. Chosen is when you surrender to the call. So you that are here called, chosen. That's not all there is. God's saying a little bit further beyond chosen. You've been anointed. You've been called. That's why you're here. You're not here by accident. You're not here by happenstance. But God has allowed it and made a way where you sit here today on a pew in this church under the sound of my voice. God is saying that you have been called. And yes, you have been chosen, anointed, elected of God to sit where you sit, to listen to what you're hearing. But now God is saying but just beyond being chosen there is another dimension there is another level and it is in that place where God can trust you with an even greater anointing and an even greater purpose and a greater potential it's that place called faithful it's that place that we gain access through the lowest points in our lives now I'll go back to Daniel how many know the story of Daniel Daniel He knows about that place beyond just being called out, elected and chosen. Daniel, Daniel was a man of God that we now look back on Daniel. And from our viewpoint, looking back on Daniel and his point in time in history, we look at Daniel and we see a prophet. We see a man that would have visions and pin prophecies and see things of a coming Messiah. We look back on Daniel and he was no doubt a prophet, a major prophet. And the book that he wrote, a book of major prophecy. Theologians agree. He, it's one of the major books, not just the minor books of prophecy where it kind of just got a lot, a lot of stuff, but it ain't really major. It's just minor. But he was a major prophet. We look back now. But can I tell you? It wasn't until after the lion's den, until Daniel pinned and began to pin the prophecies. And it wasn't until after the lion's den where he began to voice the visions that God had showed him. It was not until after the lion's den where God allowed Daniel to step into a prophetic potential that he had not yet been able to access or be able to be trusted with. He was a good saint. He was called. He was elected. He was chosen. But he would not yet found that place where God could trust him with everything that he was created for that prophetic potential that was lying dormant within him it was not until after the lion's den that God said now Daniel I'm going to put something on you and allow you to step up to a place uh, that you'll prophesy of things to come that will bring my people out of what they're in So I want, now listen, I want to know what happened in the bottom of that lion's den. I want to know what happened that night that allowed God to trust Daniel with his prophetic potential and the greater things that God had put in him from the creation of him or the the, the, the making of him. All right, okay. You ready for it? Let me set the context for Daniel's story. Daniel... He would no doubt be a prophet. But at the beginning of the book of Daniel, the people of God were in Babylon. Babylon was the consequences 
of sin, the judgments of God. Because they had done wrong, they had messed up, they had failed. They had, they had, they had failed to worship God. And now they had been carried away into Babylon. God said to them, if you keep worshiping other things, I'm going to be forced to take you in into the judgments of God, the consequence of sin. That's where they now were, in Babylon. Consequence of sin. The reality of the judgments of God. That's where they lived and that's how they knew God. That was their perception of God. That God is a judge. And Daniel's name even means God is judge. That was their perception. And although God is a judge, that's not all about God that there was. That's all they knew. But God was going to raise up Daniel up and give him an understanding of his God beyond that God's a judge. And if I mess up and do something wrong, there will be consequence to my sin. God was going to raise up one man, one Daniel, and use him to bring an understanding to a people that would give them a greater understanding and perception of the God that they had once served. So now we find Daniel with an excellent spirit. He was faithful. And he, guess what? They made a law. Those that didn't like Daniel, they made a law. And they said, "If I'm going to come down here. Is this all right? I'm going to start walking now. You're in trouble. i got at least an hour and a half in me when I start walking. But Daniel now, he has been, uh, they passed a law made a decree that if any person prayed to any other God or any other man asking a petition besides the king for the next 30 days, they're going to be thrown into a lion's den. And while Daniel knew about the consequences of wrongdoing, while he knew about the judgments of breaking the law, he all of a sudden, while that consequence was in place, his faithfulness got the best of him. And he began to bow his knee anyways. And his faithfulness in the, in the, in the face of judgment, in the face of consequence, he bowed his knee anyways, and the faithfulness he had inside of him got the best of him. And guess what? They saw him praying, and they were forced to throw him into the lion's den. And in the bottom of that lion's den, God allowed him to hit the bottom. God allowed him to go through the loneliest darkest, most confusing time of maybe Daniel's entire life. God allowed him to go down there. Daniel, he knew how to live on top. He knew how to be blessed. He knew how to live highly favored as the chosen of God. But when it came to going to the place beyond being chosen, God allowed him to go through the loneliness. God allowed him to go through the confusion and the dark times and allowed questions that went without answer. Because guess what? Daniel, there's just some things about God you can't learn on top. There's just some things about God you can't learn when everything's going good and everything's making sense and the, high, the sun's highest in the sky. There's just some things about God, Daniel, that you can't learn when the bank account's full and the marriage is going good. There's just some things. And because of Daniel's faithfulness, because of Daniel's prayer, God allowed him to go. The loneliest, confusing, darkest, coldest night of his life. 
where the lion should have ate him. But he got to hit bottom. He got to be confused. He, he was allowed to be lonely. Uh, and then all of a sudden, here comes King Darius. He runs to the edge of that den after Daniel, like some of us that have hit bottom. Guess what? If you haven't hit bottom, you're on your way, you're there, or... So get the message why it's good, okay? Because you don't need it one day if you don't need it now or if God hasn't brought you out. But thank God for the blessing of bottom. Because guess what? Daniel, because of his faithfulness, he got to go through the loneliest, most confusing and dark time of his life, having questions that go without answer. And guess what? He survived the night. And then here comes King Darius, the same king that threw him out. So one that comes, hey, Daniel. Servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou serve continually? Is he able to keep you? Let me say a right near translation. Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, that God that was able to keep you when everything was going good. When everything was going good, everything was making sense, church was rocking. Was he able to keep you? through the bottom was he able to keep you when it fell apart was he able to keep you when it didn't make sense because this world they know how to be happy when everything's going good but they're looking at you watching you saying hey is that same God that kept you when everything was good was he able to keep you when it fell apart was he able to keep you when it didn't make sense that's what they want to know hey when the doctor's report came and it was dark it was confusing and you felt the lowliest and the lowest was he able to keep you there and let me help you with something Daniel answered The king, the world, they're coming to ask. Hey, Antioch, I know you were able to serve God when everything was going good. Hey, when your family was in church, uh, before they walked away, when your marriage was good. Hey, somebody, before the dog, I know you can serve God then, but is, it, is there still something to it when it all falls apart? And the Bible said, then said, ten. That's good stuff. Because I've got a word for somebody. Then said Daniel. And it don't matter what he said. Just the fact that he made it through what should have killed him. Just the fact that he could open his mouth and say anything at all. Just the fact that he was still there. That was more of a testimony than any well-articulated word or sermon. It was a well oh, more than any song that had been sung, just the fact that he could open his mouth and say anything at all. And I'm telling somebody, hey, you may not know what to say when you open your mouth, but just the fact that you're still here. You ought to open your mouth right now. Just the fact that you've made it through. Just the fact that you're still here. They may have walked away, but my God, you're still here. The marriage may have fell apart, but my God, he's still holding your hand. 
It may not be what it once was, but my God, hey, he still got you here. And I'm telling you, there's a revival coming to this church. And guess where it's going to come from? Those that have come and gone. And they're asking the question, hey, is Pastor David Wright still there? Hey, is Bishop still there? Hey. They're saying, if they're still there, there must be something to this. Because while I walked away, God kept them. I don't, time would fail me to tell you of the stories of restoration that God has been already doing this year. We're just in a revival and we watched five, 20 years walked away from God. 20 years. And they came back just because they wanted to see their old Sunday school teacher. Is that one lady with the curly hair and the glasses that used to teach Sunday school? Is she still there? You may have had some dark times. You may have been confused. You may have been lonely along the way. But the fact that you're still here when you, when they get back here. It's going to be a testimony to them. The fact that some of these young people are still here. After some of the most confusing and trying times on the minds and the emotions of our children and of the young people that are in this generation facing things that no other generation has had to face. The fact that they're still here, but with the fact that you're still on the front row after last night. That's more of a testimony. Because listen, some of you, you should have died on the way down. The devil don't want you to hit bottom. Those lions didn't want you to hit bottom. But if God had his way, he said, shut up, lion. Let him be confused for a night. Let him be lonely for a season. Because they're coming out of this with an understanding of my mercy that this world don't know nothing about. Because all they know is judgments of God. All they know is a consequence of sin. But because you went through what you went through, God's saying, I've got mercy extended. I've got grace. Wait. You've got to hear me. Hear me now. Hear me. Why God choose Daniel? He was faithful. He went through, listen, the literal loneliest, confusing, darkest time of his life. Asking questions kind of like, why am I here? Why me? Why not somebody else? Why me? But Daniel, I asked God, why Daniel? He said, why Tamar? Why would you choose Tamar? Tamar was in Genesis chapter 38. In Genesis chapter 38, there's a young lady that God chooses. She's an innocent party, an unlikely suspect, but God chooses her to be a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And she had to go through loss. She had to go through devastation, be rejected, be abused, and be forgot about. And I said, God, why would you choose her? She was just a young lady, an innocent party. Why did you choose her? And he said, because her name means palm tree. And a palm tree, we know, is one of the only trees on the planet 
that underneath the weight of the storm, it will bend and not break. But when that storm begins to lift, that palm tree will yield its branches faithful again. And I'm telling you, sister, right? That's why God chose you. And that's why God chose you and planted you where he planted you to go through what you went through. Because he knows the storm, it might make you bend, but you've got enough faithful, full faithfulness on the inside that you will not break. And that's why God planted you in the family that he planted you in. Because it would have broke somebody else. But God said, I can trust you with this family. I can trust you with this situation. I can trust you with this trial. It would have destroyed anybody else to put somebody else in the position. But God knew you would be a palm tree. I want you to look at your neighbor. Does anybody see Moses? Look to your other neighbor. Anybody see Elijah? Some might think they are. Right? But here's my point. God didn't trust them with this generation. God didn't trust Moses with it. He trusted David Wright with it. Come on, I don't see Esther. I think there's an Esther here somewhere, but I don't see the Esther. Come on, somebody. I don't see Mary, the mother of Jesus here. No, but I see young ladies that God has trusted and he's planted you as a palm tree. Hey, you're here. God trusted you with this world. He trusted you, young man, with your family and the house you were brought up in and the truth that you were given. He trusted us, young man. That's why he chose Daniel. That's why he chose Tamar. Because of that element beyond chosen called faithful. But here's the thing. Why I'm preaching. I'm not going to get up in a preaching spirit. I'm just going to kind of just settle down right now. Because I want to, I want to tell you what we're fighting right now. Because Daniel, yeah, fighting. Yep. You ready? Daniel. You want to know what he learned in the bottom of that, Dan? In a culture that surrounded him in the people of God's mind was, God is a judge. If I mess up, if I fail, there will be consequence to my sin. They were in Babylon. Babylon, they were there because they messed up. They were there because they failed and they missed God. But here's the understanding that Daniel came out. He said, oh, king, live forever. My God has sent, the, sent his angels to shut the lion's mouth. And they've done me no hurt. And innocency was found in me. Here's the understanding that Daniel had when he went through the loneliest, darkest, most confusing time of his life. It's not because I did something wrong. It's not because I failed. It's not because I missed God. It's not because I didn't pray enough. Not because I didn't fast enough. It's not because I missed it and didn't make it to church. 
But Daniel, the reason why, Daniel knew the reason why I went through the lowest point of my life, the most confusing and dark time, it's not because I failed. It's not because I messed up. But quite the contrary. It's because of the prayers that I prayed. It's because of the faithfulness that was found in me. Not because I missed him. I sinned or failed God. See, we've got this concept in the church. If I'm going through it, it's because I messed up. I failed. But you know what that is? Think about it. The lions, God shut the lions' mouths. Right? Why didn't they eat Daniel? Some people say because they they were on a Daniel fast. But... But I don't think that was it. But I think on the way down, God said, shut up, lion. Let them go through it. They're coming out of this with an understanding. It's going to bring everybody out of this. He said, let him, let him be lonely. Let him. And he came out with an understanding, not because I failed, not because I messed up, but God saw something in me that I didn't know was there. And God used the darkest, loneliest, most confusing time of my life to equip me with the understanding of mercy that he will cause me to use in the ministry. Oh. So we need, because watch, the, watch the, they took the accusers. They took the accusers and throw them into the lion's den. And what's the first thing that was in the lion's mouth? Accusation. You want to know what was in the bottom of that den? The voice of accusation. It says the reason why you're going through what you're going through. The reason why your kids walked away. The reason why you're facing what you're facing and the questions that you're asking. The reason why. It's not working for you. The reason why you're at the lowest point, even though you've been faithful, the reason why God allowed, because you messed up. But I bind that spirit and that voice of accusation that's telling our young people the reason why they feel these insecurities, the reason why they feel these things, the, the, that they're not good enough and they're not worthy and they could never be used to God. That's for some. The reason why is because there's a voice of accusation. But I come to tell you the reason why Antioch has gone through some of the low points and the reason why Antioch has gone through, let's say, the bottom is because God is wanting to give you access under something that you didn't have before. I want us to just lift our hands right now. There's something in this house. Right now, Lord, I pray let this revelation sink in. Come on. Somebody open your heart. Open. Your kids walked away because you didn't train them right. Wrong. Marriage fell apart because, no, 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 not because, no, 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 no. This confusion I feel, this loneliness, these questions that I don't have answers for. It's because I missed it somewhere, Pastor. But no. Daniel, God was trying to show you something you didn't know was there. My God. My God. But now listen. Daniel, he got the hit bottom. 
He got to go through the loneliest, confusing, most darkest time of his life. But guess what? We need to thank God because that's what God uses to equip us for the ministry He calls us to. Watch now. He got to hit bottom. They wanted to destroy Him on the way down. The devil don't want you to hit bottom. We, we think the devil takes us to bottom. He don't want you to hit bottom. Are you kidding me? Because he knows if you hit bottom and you come. That's why he wants to accuse you. And if you hit bottom, he wants to keep you. See, I told you. I told you that's why he wants to keep you down. If he can't keep you from hitting bottom, he wants to keep you at bottom with a voice of accusation saying, hey, the reason why, don't even get up the reason why you're down here because you failed, you messed up, you're not good enough. But the voice of accusation's a lie. But watch. Here's the blessing of what you've gone through. All of a sudden, the king says, where's those guys that accused Daniel? And they brought those guys that accused Daniel, brought, brought them to the same den. It's the same lions. And they threw them in. And the Bible said before they even hit bottom, they didn't even get the chance nor the luxury nor the blessing to go through what you got to go through and come out of. The devil, God didn't let them hit bottom. The devil doesn't have the luxury to hit bottom and then experience the mercy of God bringing you through it. He don't get that luxury. He don't get to hit bottom. That's why he wants to keep you down there, accuse you. That's why the accuser of our brethren, accuser of our brethren, that Satan by name, that's why he's bound for a thousand years and caught cast into a bottomless, a bottomless pit. He don't get to go through the good stuff coming out of what you've been through. He doesn't have mercy extended to him. That's why he wants accusation to be upon you because he doesn't want you to understand the mercy and the fact that you're here where you're sitting. It's not because you failed, you messed up, you did something wrong, but he wants you to think that I failed, I messed up, but God's saying, no, honey, I want to show you the mercy because I'm going to use you to reach an entire culture and mentality that said, not because I failed, not because I'm, but because God saw me fail. My, 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 we're, we're kind of slow on a Sunday morning. You must not have had your coffee. Because think about what the bottom, the, here's the blessing of bottom. How many know the story of Jonah? Story of Jonah, a prophet. God gave him a word and told him, go reach an unreachable people. He told him, go reach. God called Jonah and said, Jonah, you want, you go and reach the Ninevites. Go preach to that people. But here's the problem. The Ninevites killed prophets. They cut their heads off and put the, use the rest of their body for table furniture and they killed the prophetic. But God said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach it. And he did the smartest thing that a young man could do. He just kind of turned and bought a ticket to the farthest thing leaving. He said, I ain't going to be somebody's coffee table. I'm not. Remember, it's all right to laugh. A merry heart worketh like medicine. That's why some people still sick. We get, we established that last night. Okay? But here's what God, watch me now, pastor. Jonah had a word from God. He was called to go reach an unreachable people that killed the prophetic and they would kill him. But he took, 
he went the other way. And we know that he ended up in the belly of a whale. In the belly of that whale, he said, by his own omission, I've come down to the bottoms of the mountain. I can't get any farther down. I'm at the bottom. But it was at the bottom, he said, that seaweed was wrapped around his head. He said, the water, the depths, they've clothed me round about. And when he got down to the bottoms, he said, I will give thanksgiving unto you, God. I will give the sacrifice of thanksgiving to you. And I will fulfill my vow. And once he got sincere, can you pull up scripture for me? I want, can you pull up Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10, but don't pull it up just yet. I'll tell you when to pull it up because I want to surprise everybody. But Jonah chapter 2 verse 10, after the loneliest, darkest, most confusing time of that man of God's life, at the bottoms, he got sincere with God and said, God, we can't get any farther down. You got to do something. And when he got sincere, it's like God was silent. You ever been there? Where you got sincere. But all of a sudden, God got silent. You want to know why God's been silent in your sincerity? Because God was speaking to somebody else. Let me prove it to you. Pull up Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish. Oh, he was silent to Jonah. But he was speaking unto the fish. Let me say it like this. God may have been silent to you, but he was speaking to your despair. He was speaking to your loneliness. He was speaking to your confusion, saying, get him where I need him. Get him closer, in position. Get him where I need him. Make out of them what they need to be. God was speaking to where you're at, to get you to where you're going. That's why he might have been silent to your situation, but he spoke to your fit. So don't be worried, Pastor, when you've been sincere, saying, God, we've done everything we know to do, but we're at the low point. But all of a sudden, when you get sincere, God seems silent. It's because God is speaking to the undercurrent of the church, saying, I'm getting you here. Hey, the undercurrent, the situation, the loneliness, the confusion, get Pastor right where he needs in that prophetic place of that potential. Get the church where they need to be, right where, and got him to the shores. And once what they, once what Jonah was going through got him where he needed to be, he said, give him up, spit him out, let him go. Let go of his emotions. Let go of his mind. Uh, let go of every, oh, somebody. He said, give him up and watch now. It was Jonah's lowest point that became his launch pad into his prophetic potential. It was the bottom that gave him the bounce into the greater dimension and demonstration of the power of God. Oh, you don't have to clap. You don't have to shout because I've been through the loneliness. I've been through, and God made it my launch pad into the next level, into the greater. Oh. 
So here comes Jonah busting out, smelling. That, that fish vomited. Folks, fish from where I'm from, I don't like fish. I don't care, care how close you are to the sea. I don't like fish. Unless it's from Long John Silver's Captain D because it all tastes like chicken. <laughs> Kevin, come here. But God vomited or had the fish vomit. Used Jonah's darkest, loneliest, most confusing time of his life to equip him and launch him into ministry. Get him into position so God could do with him what he said that he would. So now this is going to be my Jonah. He just got vomited out of a well. He just came out of the loneliest, darkest, most confusing time and he smells nasty. He smells like vomit. Fish vomit. I can't think of a fishier smell. My I, Vomit don't just come out, folks. My son's still got, he's got a blanket two years ago. I'll leave the rest to you. It still don't smell right. But watch now. You got Jonah. He smell, he's probably dripping wet. He's on the shores. And God says, go to Nineveh, preach against that great city. Again? God spoke unto him again, the Bible said. That means God equipped him with a ministry of a second chance. Well, you, I'll, I'll move on. But take your tie off, would you? Can you do that? I want you to wrap it around your head. Watch this now. I know this is fun. This is, you know. But guess what? Lighten up. We were singing rejoice. I will rejoice. Everybody's got a frown on. Come on now. No, we got I want like Rambo. Like Rambo. Don't take that hour from me. I'm going to get it back. But now you got Jonah here. He's dripping wet. He smells like fish vomit. And he's got, remember, seaweed wrapped around his head. That's Bible. And he just came out of what he came out of. And God says, all right, now, boy, I want you to go to Nineveh, preach against that city. And here comes Jonah. Now walk with a limp or something. You just came out of the darkest time of your life. Here, come, here comes this dude smelling like fish vomit. Here comes this dude. He looks like Rambo with seaweed wrapped around his head. Come on, Jonah. And he's supposed to preach to these people. How's he going to preach to an unreachable people that kills a prophet? You going to call this dude? But here's the problem that I didn't tell you. The Ninevites, they worshipped an idea of a false god that was half man and half fish. And here comes Jonah. Do you realize what you went through God used to equip you so you can reach an unreachable people? He used your loneliness. He used your broken relationships. He used your abusive homes that you came out of as what you would need to reach an unreachable people. 
You came out of what they're living. They're still going through it, but you came out of it. My God. Somebody, you need to shout understanding that God gave me everything that I would need to do what he called. You may look like the unlikely suspect. You may not have the stature, but God has called you and equipped you. No, 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 no. You need to understand. Then here comes Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Come here, Jonah. And all of a sudden, Jonah gets all up in that piece. And he says like this. Yet 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. He preached a message of judgment. But that's all right, because they heard a message of mercy. That's why they began to repent and ask God to forgive them because they knew that they had a chance because if God brought him out, he can bring me out. So I don't care what you say when you get there. I don't care how you articulate your words, Jonah, when you get on campus. But just the fact that you came out of what you came out of gave you enough for what you need to reach and... So just open your mouth because they may hear a message of ju- or they may you may preach a message of judgment, but they're gonna hear a message of mercy. Oh, somebody lift your hand. Because this church, you're coming out of your night season. This church, you're coming out. God's speaking to somebody. Oh. Come on, what have you been through? What has God brought you through? Come on, God has equipped you. I want us to all stand. Because I feel more than I've ever felt that God has brought this man a senior pastor. He may not have the stature or the countenance of men that have gone before him, great men of God. But watch. He's been found faithful. Watch me now. No, wait, 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 wait. He's been, him and his wife, been through dark, confusing, lonely times. You don't know nothing about what they've gone through. You might have your own things, but I'm not saying you don't have situations. But God is equipped and trusted. I'm sorry, I just feel this, sister, right? There's a reason why you're here. If there has ever been a, a spirit of a palm tree, you felt the weight. This storm's about to lift. God has found you faithful. Because in, in Matthew chapter 27, this is where I'm done. I know I preach a long time, but I'm only here this weekend. But in Matthew chapter 27, it gives us the picture of the cross. 
where Christ died. And did you know why Jesus was hanging there on the cross? Blood, blood dripping out of His hands, His feet, His brow. For you and for me. On that cross, the Bible said that the, the sun was darkened from noon until three. What should have been the brightest time of the day, all of a sudden became the darkest time in history. Even to the place where even Christ, the frailty of God's flesh would say, My God! My God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, why am I here? Where are you? Even the frailty of God's flesh. My God, my God, why, why am I here? Probably because there was a voice saying, Jesus, the reason why you're there because you missed it, you failed. But we know that's not the reason why Christ was going through what He was going through. But because of His faithfulness, He was on that cross. But after He cried, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? He gives up the ghost. He dies on that cross. And when He dies, the Bible said that there was a veil that stood between the people in the most holy place of God. In the tabernacle, there were three places. The outer court called the holy place chosen. But beyond chosen, beyond that place, there was a place where the love of God, the mercy of God, that was willing and ready to be extended to you and I, but we couldn't gain access to it. There was something beyond the veil that we didn't have access to. Because of the veil that had been in place. But in Matthew 27 and 51, we know that there's more. Go ahead and hold that office. Pastor, we know. That's what our prayer's been the beginning of this year. We know that there's more. But how do we get to it? Winter's been canceling services. We know there's more power. We know that there's more love. There's more mercy. But how do we get? The Bible said, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. From top from top to bottom. But it wasn't until bottom. It wasn't until the lowest point. It wasn't until the most confusing moment. It wasn't until the lowliest time that God's grace came running. God's mercy came into me. Oh. I want every hand lifted high right now. It wasn't until bottom that we gained access. It wasn't until the loneliest, most confusing. Young man, young lady, family, I want you to just lift your hands right now. God is about to take this church 
beyond just being called, beyond just being chosen. But you, I feel an anointing here. God says you have been found faithful. Now enter in. Come on, somebody begin to lift your voice and thank him. You didn't understand it, why you had to go through what you went through. You didn't understand why it was you facing what you had to face. But God said, because you were faithful, because you were faithful. Come on, healings in this house right now. Come on, it's about to happen right now. I want, I want you to think right now if it's you that God was speaking to. It's time for you to access that love, that mercy. What would stop you right now? Step out of your seat and come to this front. I want you to run as quick as you can. Come on. He torobo sandala mama masa. Thank him. I didn't understand why mom and dad had to how to separate. I don't understand. Come on, God wants to equip a church right now. That's it, Baba. It's on you right now. I see it. I see it right now. Ramosa. Come on, Jonah, get back up. Come on, Daniel, you're coming out of this. Come on, Mama, grab your babies. Come on, Tamar, it's time for you to stand up. I know you've been through loss. I know you've been through confusion. I know that you've been rejected. I know that you've been abused. I want you to stand up, Tamar. Come on, I know this church has had disease that's allowed it to go through confusion and loneliness. My God, my God. got to thank God for what he brought you out of. Come on, somebody. I want you to find somebody to pray with. Come on, somebody. I want you to find somebody to pray with. 